Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, July 19th, 2017, and we are reading from the big book. We are at page 70. We'll be reading the third paragraph, starting if we've been thorough through the end of the chapter, which is two paragraphs ending with big chunks of truth about yourself and commenting on both paragraphs. Today's readers are Larry K, Leslie M, and Irini M, 12 Steps Naomi B, 12 Traditions Julie S. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, July 18th, are for the 7 a.m., 10,174, that's 10174. And for yesterday's 10 a.m., 10,175, that's 10175. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through, the absten through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Naomi B. to please read the 12 steps. Thank you, Maura. Thank you very much for your service. Good morning, family. This is Naomi B., a grateful recovered compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. The 12 steps. We admit that we are powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and when we are wrong, promptly admit it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for a knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. 
and my visionaries, happy anniversary. Thank you, and God bless you, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi B. I'll now ask Julie S. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, everybody. Good morning. It's Julie S. from Florida. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinions on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Julius. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you are done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 70 with the third paragraph, if we have been thorough, through two paragraphs ending the chapter. And I will now ask Larry Kay to begin reading. Thank you, Larry. Hey, Maura. Thank you for your service. Am I coming through okay? Loud and clear, sir. Okay, cool, cool. Thanks so much. All right. Uh, if we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we've written down a lot. We have listed and analyzed our resentments. We have begun to comprehend their futility and their fatality. We have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. 
We have begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill toward all men, even our enemies, for we look on them as sick people. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out the past if we can. In this book, you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. We hope you are convinced now that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him. If you have already made a decision in an inventory of your grosser handicaps, you've made a good beginning. That being so, you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. Okay, uh, so I'm, I'm Larry Kay, a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Let me start my timer here. You know, um, every time I impose my instincts in an unreasonable way, uh, guess what follows? Unhappiness. Unhappiness for me and for those around me. And, you know, in the AA 12 and 12, it's emphasized that our creator gave us these instincts for a purpose. That without them, you know, we couldn't be human, you know, complete human beings. And so because these instincts are necessary for our survival, you know, they're often used by us to exceed their function. And, and they began to dominate me and they began to tyrannize me. And so what I read here is, you know, we've, we've laid out this personal inventory and it talks about the futility, which means pointless and fatality. Well, we all know what that means and the direction we were going there. You know, we try to be as thorough as we can here and, and we write down a lot and we analyze these things. And, and I see just all the destructiveness that there is for me, but I recognize that in step four, when I complete this process, if I'm thorough, that God will, as I proceed through this process, God will do the heavy lifting here. See, I'm not, I'm not analyzing this stuff so that I can remove it, remove these character flaws. I can't. I can analyze them. I can discover them. God ultimately is going to do the discarding. And I, and I learned that through this process. The other thing that I will mention here, based on my experience, is first time I went through step four, I think I was fairly thorough, and then I, I kind of put God on the, on the timer. Okay, God that I don't believe in, I'm not feeling better here. Well, what I came to learn is this is a process. It's a practical program of action. I can take the actions, and if I see the process through in sequence, God will begin to change me, and these character defects will be removed or they'll be minimized to an extent so that I can be restored to sanity, but God is going to do that, and I can't put God on the clock. I have to learn patience for myself, for my higher power. I have to persevere through this process, and I have to have a bit of grit. You know, I have to have a bit of grit when you work through this process, not expecting if my expectations are that I'm going to be sprinkled with pixie dust in step four or step five or any of the steps. That's just not what this program promises. What it does promise is a change. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Larry Kay. Okay. So who would like to share on what was read today? And speak slowly and clearly, and I will get as many as I can. Barbara E. Vanessa R. Linda R. 
Barbara G. Chrissy G. Vasa O. Vasa O. Kim G. I think that Kim G. Did I hear Irini? Yes. Okay, let's go with that for now. I've got, and I'm sure I missed some folks, so please accept my apologies. I've got Nessa R, Barbara E, Chrissy G, Vasa O, Kim G, and Irini M. Nessa R, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R, um, recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So we read here that, uh, you know, we are after our grosser handicaps. So this tells me two things and one flows from the other. Number one, that my step four, although it has to be thorough, it doesn't have to be perfect. And if it doesn't have to be perfect, um, it doesn't have to take a long time. Um, you know, I, um, um, I was in the quest for perfection um, when I did my, uh, my last step four. And I, um, I was taking a long time, and my sponsor said, you know, Nessie, you're taking a long time, and you, you're at risk of picking up food. Because step four is a very vulnerable time in our lives, as is step nine. And it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, because, you know, when, when Bill came up with the 12 steps, uh, flowing from the six tenets of the Oxford group, he added, he added to the Oxford group's tenets step 10. You know, in order to catch whatever we didn't catch in, in step four, in addition to resentments, fears, and harms, and, and, you know, as a result of sexual conduct that we, you know, incur after step four. So, you know, so we have something to close that loop. So it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and, you know, because I was taking too long, I did pick up um, the food and I had to go back to step uh, one. And once I got to step four again, the same thing happened all over again. I was starting to, uh, to delay and procrastinate, you know, all under the guise of, well, I need, to, I need to catch everything. And I picked up again. And then I had to go back to step one again. The third time I was smarter and I did it very quickly. And, I, and I've learned um, from my mistakes. And now, um, you know, when I go to step four with my sponsees, I actually tell them, you know, there's three, three parts to step four. There's the resentment, the fear, the sex conduct. You know, take one week for each one that is three weeks. And, you know, I know some people who even give the sponsees even less time, seven to ten days, you know, because it doesn't have to be perfect. It has to be thorough, but not perfect, and it has to be fast. Um, step four doesn't have to take a year, a year and a half, or anything like that, because, you know, it works to our detriment, as I found out from my own experience. So we're after the grosser handicaps, not all our handicaps. You know, those will be revealed later. Uh, we can catch them through step 10, so just get through it. Get through it. Um, 20% of the work will give us 80% of the benefit. And, you know, going back to the kindergarten when little Susie wouldn't, let, wouldn't share her ball with me, well, you know what, I don't really um, have to go through that unless Susie's in my life right now and I still have that kind of a resentment. I can clean those up later. So, um, anyhow, with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Nessa R. Barbara E, it is your turn, followed by Chrissy G. Hi, everyone. This is Barbara E, normally from New Jersey, but right now my family's on vacation in Penyon, New York. That's the Finger Lakes. 
and I would not be having the wonderful, joyous, happy time that I'm having today, this time, if it were not for going through vigorously the steps all over again with a sponsor, a new sponsor that I just picked up this past April. We go to the Finger Lakes every year. But this year, I go with the willingness to accept a God of my own understanding that can help me with his guidance to achieve, through his power, a better, happier, more tolerant, um, loving, less mean-spirited way of life. And we have been having a glorious time. She took me, without waiting, as everyone said, through the steps. I started in April. I'm now living in steps 10 through 12. She made me wait a full two weeks after I'd done step five. I had to read a book, non-OA literature, um, and wait for the two weeks in step six and seven before getting ready to do step eight with her gentle guidance. I did step nine. I had to sit quietly and listen when my son gave me a few more things that I needed to work on. I'm working on living a a living amends because I live with my husband and my adult 47-year-old son. We are all three together up here. I'm living in step 10 through 12 every day. But when a defect comes back, and it does because God knows I am imperfect, I go back again through steps four through nine as instructed. No justification, just the defects. My sponsor is very consistent in telling me, don't justify. Identify your defects and identify them specifically. No saying delicious when you describe a food. Describe a food specifically. No justifying when I describe a defect. Get to the root of the matter. I am so happy and joyous and free. I've crossed that bridge. I never thought I'd get to cross the bridge to leave from skepticism to complete belief. And I owe it to you. I owe it to my God. I owe it to Vision for You. I love you all. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Chrissy G., it is your turn, followed by Vasa O. Thank you. I'm Chrissy G., recovered compulsive reader and anorexic from New Jersey. And I needed to go to this process to see how my instincts were in collision with other people and how that really was the source of a lot of my suffering in my life because I very much grew up with the complex of being a victim and thinking that, you know, if everybody would just treat me right and I never get my own way, a lot of self-pity. And I was able to see how God's lens, God's view of the world is everything happening for the greater good of everyone, not just Chrissy, you know, and that's a lot where my self-centeredness came in. I didn't realize, and I, I often still forget and have to be reminded that 
what I think that I, I need to have, which are my instincts, you know, clamoring for, oh, I have to have this job opportunity because obviously I'm the right person for the job and, you know, there's there's no one better than me for that job and I need that job and I get all into that self-centered, um, instinct-driven thinking and not God-centered thinking, then I get all choked up with all sorts of defects and I start doing things and behaving in ways that um, just perpetuate that kind of self-centered living. And it was only really seeing, because on the surface I was such a quote-unquote good girl, you know, I, I really, I didn't, I didn't want to take from you, I just wanted what was mine. You know, <laughs> it's funny saying that, but that really was my motto. And wanting what was mine, how, how now I realize how self-centered that is. How do I know what's mine? It's God's, it's God's um, right to give me what's mine. And I realize that now. And I, I just never understood it. He's the creator. I'm the creature. So... I'm I'm going to keep listening, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Chrissy G. Vasa O, it is your turn, followed by Kim G. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Vasa, grateful believer. Grateful, compulsive, recover compulsive Oveda, and it's so good to be with all of you this morning. Instant. Instincts necessary for my survival. My my survival was self was self centered, self absorbed, the victim. Poor me. Why do I have to go through all this pain? And uh, it has changed over the, over the years from being a victim to victorious by working through the twelve steps one by one by the way they're laid out. And again, I did the first three steps. I can, he can, and I will. I surrendered with the food and gradually with my life and my will, with my character defects, you know. And uh, I, I did my, my, my first, fourth step inventory was very, very thorough. And there was no stone unturned to the best of my abilities. And that was the first, I mean, that was the, my first going around. I thought I wanted to do it perfectly because I wanted to be honest and I wanted to be thorough because I didn't want to go back to the food. And I haven't graduated, and I'm just so grateful that I have found the vision for you. Yes, it has been five years, and I remember when I came, they were just beginning to form it. I think there were only like a couple hundred people on it, and I remember being so afraid to share because there were so many people listening and I and I have a problem sharing in big huge groups. Yes, I've changed over the years. God has given me the strength to be able to do it. Especially because I did at at the convention in New Jersey, I think no, whatever it was, a couple of years ago. But anyways, um there's no graduation fee, and what are blessings, you know? I mean, I don't have to run to the meetings any longer. I used to run here and there, step meetings, and now I can go every single day here, and I do go to a live meeting. It's only a couple miles from my house. It's a regular meeting, and then I go to a Saturday morning step meeting. 
most of the times. But it's such a blessing, you know. Today we don't have to be driving an hour for a meeting here and there, and I don't have to get dressed. I don't have to put, you know, really my makeup on. And I've been able, been able to also let go of that. I've been freed from looking so good and perfect. But anyways, this program is such a gift to me, and it's such a gift to all of us. And I'm so grateful. And now we just, my mission is to pass it on to others. But the step four was the, it was very, very important. And I wasn't being afraid, but I was fearless because I had my higher power to guide me. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Kim G, it is your turn, followed by Irini M. Good morning, Amara. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. How exciting that we're finishing up step four. You know, it says here um, an inventory of your grosser handicaps, and you've made a good beginning. So I just like to kind of reflect back. What were my old prejudices about step four? You know, the first one was that we think we make this way too big of a deal. We make it like the boogeyman, and everyone's afraid to do it. And it's saying it's a good beginning. You know, the inventory is steps four through nine. It's not just this writing down of step four. You know, I used to think that thorough meant volume. The more I write, the better the fourth step is, versus thorough means that I follow the specific, simple directions that we have just gone through. That the fourth step is not an autobiography. It's simply these three lists, resentment, fear, sex conduct. And when it says our growth through handicaps, this is just a skill set that we're learning that we're going to apply in 1011. And there's a difference between purposely leaving something off your, your fourth step versus you're just taking, um, you're just doing less, less, taking up rent in your head for free. You know, what is in your head? That's what we're putting down. That's what's blocking us, what's taking up our head, rent and our heads are free. And we read it promptly without regret. Am I getting through this quickly? Because if I don't get it through quickly, I'm going to eat again. And that first paragraph we read is that what I call the four-step promises. So I just want to tell you the difference between what I did other formats of the fourth step versus when I started to do this format and I really started to feel these promises. So it talks about, you know, we've analyzed our resentments. You know, I used to try to figure them out. I used to try to um, think, if I can figure this out, I'm going to be able to change it. It talks about futility, fatality, destructiveness, versus with those other formats, I often was trying to assign blame and prove that I was right. It talks about learning tolerance, patience, goodwill, and straightening out our past. That's all from column four. When I wasn't doing this exact format that the big book laid out, I wasn't getting these promises. But as I, as I was finishing up my writing, getting ready to go into launch into step five, I started to realize I got it. I was looking at these resentments as, as a fact-finding and fact-facing. I was realizing if I stayed in those first three columns, it was futile and it was fatal and it was destructive. And as I started to see how I showed up in life, by looking at that fourth column, seeing where I'm selfish, I'm dishonest, I'm self-seeking, I'm frightened, I started to feel compassion for other human beings, and I started to want to make things right, which was going to launch me to get to that step nine. What a brilliant, simple process that so many of us complicate and make, like I said, the boogeyman of 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Irini M., it is your turn. 
Thank you, Maura, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, for always taking care of all of us. So this is so yummy here. So far we learned that if we do as we are told to do, then we have good consequences as results. And I love it that I'm reading here we because it's a we program and we need God and our fellows to go through this beautiful process of transformation. So we're starting to learn the process of change and how we need willingness to get us started and vigorous honesty to keep us on the surface of the truth and not to be buried and blocked by our delusions. So there's so much hope here. And with each step we go through, we gain results through each expectation of promises that are given to us. So these are, as Kim said, the fourth-step promises. And if we are not experiencing them, we have to go back and see what we left out with any resentment, fear, or a sex conduct. Because we can't afford to go back on our old ways of thinking because what is the problem? It's me, myself, and I. So we started to awaken from being asleep and buried and blocked by our lies. This is the spiritual growth process by a psychic change and not to go back into our morbid reflection and start eating again. For how can um, we be useful if we do that or start to play the blaming game and not take responsibility for our actions and meet God halfway? So we saw that Others were just as sick as we were, but what's the difference? We have a program, and they don't. Thanks be to God. So, um, as he's, you know, he's setting us straight and right, and we are being aligned by God. And going through <clears throat> this fourth step, we're learning so much about our behaviors and about our part in relationships. We begin, we begin to think about tolerance and patience, and we start to practice these principles. We are beginning to build our spiritual structure to hold us up by going through steps four through nine. So we are being aligned with this greater power than ourselves to carry us through. And faith did for us what we could never do for ourselves. By being connected to God and to others, we start accepting and believing the truth and experiencing some internal peace as opposed to always being chaotic. What a beautiful gift and a blessing. God does for us what we could never do for ourselves. And it's, the, it's going through this accepting our hardships that strengthen us, that always lead us to the pathway of peace. This is how weakness becomes strong in faith. Irini, did we lose you? Am I being heard? Yes. Thank you. Irini, we lost you. Hello? But you were almost, yes, there you are. You've got about oh, five seconds happened? left to finish oh. up. We lost you. you got about five Five seconds. Okay, um, well, it's going through this process of um, being, it's going through this process, uh, I'll just end it here. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Sorry about Thank you, Nini. No, that's fine. I'm sorry, the technology doesn't always work right. Okay, 
So we're going to take um, time out for a word from our sponsors and Miss um, Janice M. Well, thank you and good morning to you, Mara, and everyone on this line. Question, will we see you in September? We have heard recovery many a day on this line. Now we're going to be surprised to see recovery. That face with the voice, what a surprise that's going to be. The days are dwindling down to a precious few. The deadline to register is August the 24th. Where, you ask? Well, at the Liberty International Airport Marriott, northern New Jersey. When is it going to be? Hmm. Coming up September 15th, 16th, and 17th. And why, you ask? Well, a vision for you is presenting a Power of the Big Book Convention 2017 and an extraordinary opportunity to learn how the 12 steps can free us from the bondage of compulsive overeating. Well, how do you register, you might ask? Well, check out our website, www.avisionforyou.info. That's A-V-I-S-I-O-N, the number four, Y-O-U.info. And it has been updated information on this website. For example, A Vision for You is making available a limited number of scholarships registration for those in need. Okay, please apply by Wednesday, July 19th, I guess by sending an email. And uh, that would be today, okay? And you would send that email to Fisher. Um, that's on the um, that's going to be on the website, so I'm not going to take time for that. It's Katie Fisher, so you'll do that. Please go to it because you'll find a roommate if you need. You'll find to share a ride if you need it. And uh, there's a, a printouts for flyers that you can take, and of course there's menus. Okay, so. Um, what we'll do now is we'll see you in September. Bye-bye. So long. Farewell. Thank you, Janice M., and I will certainly see you in September, and I hope to see everyone in September. So now, continuing with our regularly scheduled program, who else would like to share on what we read today, and if you joined us late, we read from paragraph three on page 70, nearly two paragraphs ending on page 71. Thank you. Mary J. I heard a J. I heard a Mary J. No, no, Millie J. Millie. Millie J. I got you. Millie J. North Carolina. Linda D. Sarah W. I Sarah A. W. Laura M. Laura, what was the initial? H. H. Okay, I don't know if we have time for everyone, but let's go ahead with this group. I have Millie J. Russ M. Linda D. Sarah W. Leah M. And Laura H. And if you're not Millie J., would you kindly... Mute your line. Thank you. Go ahead, Millie J. Followed by Russ M. Good morning. Can you? Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. 
Good morning. This is Millie J from Puerto Rico. Um, and um, I hardly share, but um, that's one of the things that I want to learn how to, you know, share and let myself know. So on page 71, um, right at the end, we read, so you have, you have swollen and digested some big chunk of truth about yourself. And for me, this is like um, I have a skin wound, and um, and someone ha- is messing up with my skin issue. So that hurts. That will, you know, hurt me um, and hurt. Um, so um, it wasn't until I work with my personal inventory that I realized that life is not about me. Life is not about me. It is not about my me controlling and running the show. It is not about wanting my weight or the highway all the time. This is about acceptance, like page 417 that reads in and I remember when my sponsor pointed out this reading to me, I was full of resentment, fear, and discontent. Life was not fair to me. So when I read, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. I remember I was disturbed because I couldn't accept that some person placed things and situations out of my life where unacceptable to me, so I couldn't find serenity. As I was reading this, I remember that I cried and I cried and I cried so much. It was a kind of of being upset but also being released. And I cried until finally, uh, until finally this piece of writing sank into my heart, my mind, my soul, and my spirit. So life is about others. It is not about me. It's about love, compassion, and understanding. It's about acceptance, and I pass. Thank you, Millie J. Russ M., it is your turn, followed by Linda D. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. All right. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Russ M., compulsive overeater outside of Philly. So the fourth step. You know, as we're reading through this and, you know, I'm in my car thinking of this. You know, it's like the fourth step has has grown me up, has whipped me into shape, has made me look at myself for real, with real eyes. Not not under the blockage of a food coma or, or self-centeredness. Because when you write, and if you really want this for me, because I'm 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 suffering so much. I've suffered so much over the years with this. Not that I'm the only one. I'm just saying that it beat me up so much that I I I jumped in just at all costs. I had to be truthful with myself. You know, um, this has grown me up a, a, into a man. And little by little, as I'm working the steps more, I'm realizing, yo, you missed a couple things. You got to go back and and and. And the beauty of this whole process is that God gives us, through this program, through the big book, through a vision for you, through meetings, 
through service. A chance to make it right. Like, not us, but God repairs it. Like, he uses that, you know, not, I always say, spiritual spackle. He makes us beautiful again. And um, I'm just grateful for that. I'm grateful for that because now I don't have to be a bully. I don't have to rip my will, steal my will from everyone. And because, you know, my cousin has a, a great job and he's 10 years younger than me and he's doing great and I'm struggling over here with five kids, I can be happy for him now. You know, it's Russ. It's it's my reaction. It's my, my, my you know, defects of character. So that's what Four Steps done for me and this program's done for me. I said, yo, dude, you got a chance to live free, man. You got you got to, if you want it, it's there for you. And, uh, you know, I know sometimes I talk in circles, but my, my heart, my heart is for everyone on this line in this program because, uh, change in my life and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm proud to be with the strongest people in the world. And I, and I feel, you know, you've given me power where I couldn't even, I couldn't even get a couple of hours of freedom from food. And I'm just grateful. So thank you very much. Thank you for your service and you know, happy birthday to vision for you. And God bless. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Russ M. And personally, ditto. Linda D., it is your turn, followed by Sarah W. Hi, may I be heard? Yes, thank you. Hi, this is Linda D., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from North Carolina. I um, am asked here in this section of the book, am I convinced that God can remove whatever self-will has blocked me off from him? If I have already made a decision and an inventory of my grosser handicaps, I've made a good beginning. This speaks to me in a way that it has not previously because I've had a problem um, coming to my coming to a useful conception of, of God. Um, partly because the word God has so many connotations for so many people. That's a double-edged sword. That's also a good thing. <laughs> um, I was not, I, I guess the thing that I realized early on was that um, I was suffering, and this was, I was helped to this by a, a fellow who was my first sponsor, that I was really suffering mainly from a spiritual malady. Yes, the food was a problem. There were many things that I used to try to medicate that spiritual malady, but food had become the biggest problem. But I didn't know that I could pray to God because I felt like a hypocrite. I wasn't sure what I believed. I didn't think I had faith. And I've been in an intensive study of this book like all of us, and I have <clears throat> a fellow said to me, faith is not knowledge. It's not a feeling. It's not something that comes over me in the night. I don't feel it. I don't believe it. It's not a belief. It is a decision. It is a decision that we make in the step that says we made a decision. If you have already made a decision, okay? I made a decision that has no ground in my body or my mind. Faith is the acceptance of that for which I have no evidence and 
Interestingly, once I accept it, evidence starts to appear. It is not knowledge. It's not a feeling to me. It's purely a decision. And I have to remember that it's the ultimate fallback position. I made that decision, and I'm staking my life on it. I don't have to feel it. I don't have to believe it. It is a decision. I thought that acting as if was being hypocritical and fake. It is not. It is a practice. And when I think about whether or not it's sincere, I ask myself, could I live? Could I survive without this hope? Could I survive outside this decision? And the answer is clear for me. So I've stopped worrying about it. I pray and meditate. I didn't think there was a power. I didn't think that the, uh, I didn't know that I was powerless. I wasn't sure there was a power. And I didn't think if there was that I can reach it. Now I know that there is a power. I'm powerless. There is a power. And if I meditate and pray, I can reach it. And it's not me. And that's enough for me today. Thank you. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Sarah W., it is your turn, followed by Leia M. Good morning, Maura. Thank you so much for your service. Um, my name is Sarah W. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Iowa. Um, yeah, I really love uh, this part of the book. I love the whole book. But um, the thought I had was, you know, uh, and, and a lot of people have spoken a little bit about it, but, you know, the, the fact is that when I came in, um, I was uh, a miserable, unhappy, self-loathing human being. Uh, and that was a lot of years ago. And, um, you know, I have to be willing to change, to be willing to do something different. And I think for me, the fourth step and what we're talking about really talks so much about, um, you know, that courageous um, decision to look at myself, but not with with hatred, but at the end of this, what it comes out to is some sense of compassion and, and tolerance for myself and the realization that I am not perfect and never will be. And that allows me to learn more tolerance, patience, and goodwill towards others. If I still have that feeling inside of me that I'm damaged and no good and that self-loathing, that will continue to come towards others more often. That has been my experience. And when it talks about um, God can remove whatever self-will has blocked you off from him, uh, it really reminds me of my complete and utter powerlessness over everything but my choices. You know, when I start out my day, I try to say, you know, I'm powerless over food, people, places, and things, and my life is unmanageable. But I've come to believe that God can, will, and is restoring me to sanity, and that I've made a decision to turn my will and my life over to God's care, praying only for knowledge of his will for me and the power to carry that out. And those three steps assist me in walking through my day looking for God's will to the to the best of my ability. You know, I'm never going to be perfect. And I love where it says, I've made a good beginning. It's always a beginning. It's never like in the middle or towards the end because that's humility. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
Thank you, Sarah W. Leah M., it's your turn, followed by Laura H. Thank you very much, Laura. That being so, you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. I mean, obviously, we've been studying about the first action step, step four, in the inventory process, which includes steps four through nine. And, you know, if you recall on page 63, when we're talking about the third step prayer, there's three words that are stated. And perhaps people think it's like overdone when the big book says we were reborn. But, I mean, I can tell you that, um, as a result of this work, my personal transformation has been a profound experience that began in 1987 and continues to evolve as a result of this work. Um, you know, the big book says that to get over drinking will require a transformation of thought and attitude, and that's exactly what this process did and continues to do for me, um, rearranging things into a proper perspective, because through this process of inventory, I begin to name and remove the sludge, in this case, um, in the early days, that accumulated over the years during my self-centered efforts at survival, at managing my own life on a basis of self-reliance. And, you know, the question was, why was I self-destructing by my own hand under the guise of seeking ease and comfort? But when we put, you know, my, my thoughts and my attitudes and my behavior on paper through the fourth step, we began to see, I began to see with the help of someone who could bring it to life for me, um, began to see that I didn't react to reality correctly. I also was beginning to accept the truth that I couldn't change the past, what had occurred, and I wasn't going to be able to control the future. But I did have a responsibility, and I continue to have a responsibility for my own attitude, my own efforts, my own behavior in the present. So it is so powerful because I always thought it was what I didn't know that was getting me into trouble. The process of the inventory um, Back then and today, it's it's not what I think I know for you know that I don't know that's getting me into trouble. It's what I think I know for sure that blocks me off from God's flow and vision, you know. And so this process rearranges things for me. So instead of it being limited, Leah's vision, it's unlimited because it's God's vision. And it is incredible. It is really, truly being reborn. And I'm so eternally grateful. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. Laura H., it is your turn. Hi, everyone. This is Laura H. from Chicago. Good morning, everyone, and so grateful to be here this morning. This step four, you know, to me, I'm working with some sponsees on it, just finished hers. Um, it is, for many, um, a hurdle. It, it, it can be very scary. And I think this is the part um, where it says at the very beginning, the first line, if we have been thorough about our personal inventory, we have written down a lot, you know, that fact-finding, fact-facing. And to talk about our resentments is, is scary. And it's putting, it on a, it's putting light to it. And it's, you know, that fourth column then is what's my part it's, 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 it's when we get to, in my opinion, 
when we get to uh, exchange fear and exchange my self-pity for faith and to have gratitude. Um, and I remember, you know, when I was living in fear, which, you know, I was 350 pounds, constantly living in fear, um, I was just running away from all of my problems. Um, I couldn't face them. And it, it's, it's a powerful thing to sit down, you know, look at the situation and be able to kind of put some light onto it. Um, I learned from that experience. And, you know, the thing about my ego, I don't know about anybody else's, but my ego never quits. It's here with me every day. I keep knowing and asking God to, you know, help me, lead me, guide me, knowing that if my ego starts to take over, if I'm doing it for ego, I'm in trouble. Um, and you know what? Choosing God's way is difficult at times. I just had a situation that I was at work yesterday and I, I got a communication and it was my error. Okay. So I made an error or whatever. And, um, now, even six months ago, I would have tried to run away from this error. I would have, like, passed it over or kind of wiggled out of it. But, you know, I went right away and, and asked a couple of people, oh, look what happened. This, this happened, and this was my part of it. And a couple of different people said, oh, I think you should do this, and I think you should do that. You know, I was putting light on it. You know, I was, you know, I'm not perfect. And it was interesting because it was beautiful. It was, and it, what I was so proud of, and this is ego probably, I didn't have to call my sponsor about it. I could just do it with the people at work, and it was kind of cool. So, it, you know, that's character building. That's um, when when I'm pointing out or, or exercising my ethical muscles each and every day, you know, three things happen. It gets a little easier each time. I become stronger in my, in my program of recovery and, and looking at things like the way God would want me to, and I gain self-respect. You know, I didn't have to eat over making that mistake at work yesterday. I, I processed it, got through it with, with friends, and, and it was a beautiful thing. So um, I love the last line that we read on page 71. Digest, that being so, you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. And somebody said on the line earlier, not just the bad stuff, you know, all these character defects, but the good stuff too. And when you do swallow it, not to beat yourself up about it because no, nobody's perfect. I've not met any, anybody yet who's perfect. So grateful to be here. Happy birth, birthday vision for you. Grateful you're all here and have a great day, everyone. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Laura H. And by my clock, we have one minute left. Is there someone that has a 30, 45 second burning desire? This is Janice M. Janice M., please take it. Yes. Hi, this is Raquel. Raquel, I'm sorry we're out of time for shares. If you can wait till the second hour, that would be fabulous. Okay. Okay. Yes, very quickly. Um, good morning, a recovered, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. You know, if I didn't have this process, if I didn't implement this process when I did, finally, with the big book way, how would I ever uncover these truths about myself? I don't know. I mean, I didn't get it from books. I can't get it from a doctor. I can't. So this is the only way that I have found out, that I've experienced, that I created with God and having faith in him to create a space for him 
to come into my life because I tried it every other religious way, you know, not saying that it isn't good, but this is I am making space for a higher power. So that's what I what I do. Trust, rely, and depend. And that with that I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M taking us out. Thank you everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And I'd like to share with you today's share ID, which is 10,177, 10177. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. Leslie M., would you please read that for us? And if you're not Leslie M., I hear some background noise. Would you please mute your phone with a star one? Thank you. Leslie M., please. Hi, this is Leslie M. Maura, thank you for your service. Um, I'm a recovered, composable reader um, in New York. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.